0: She's Ginger. I'm the professor. No, wait a minute. She's Marianne. Liz is Ginger. Anyways, welcome to Vikings Report with Drew and Ted. Drew, how are you?
1: Vikings Report. Vikings Report. Welcome, everybody. Episode 7. How you doing been, good. man? Doing good? Doing good. <clears throat> After that game yesterday. We did a game yesterday, huh? Big Super Bowl again. Super
0: Bowl. Yeah, that was a good game. Tootsis, how are you?
2: I'm doing pretty good, but I really need to ask you guys a question.
0: What's that? What's that?
2: Is it just me? Or is Terrell Davis' head way too big for that body? <laughs> what? It looks, it
0: looks like a planet orbiting what? the sun. <laughs> My God!
1: <laughs> TD, what happened to your dome, brother?
0: Barry Bonds' head isn't okay. that big now, is it? Look at the size of that boy's head. Shh. I'm not kidding. It's like an orange on a toothpick. Sh- Germany, <laughs> G- that's huge.
1: I forgot. I used to give the the show a better intro than that. i will intro Gilligan again. So, 98 episodes, Ted, in only three seasons. Really? That's 30-plus episodes. They didn't screw around back then. They got all hopped up on Mountain Dew (laughs) and crosstops, and they cut like 10 episodes a day, man.
0: Let let me ask you. Team Ginger or Team Marianne? Team both. No, no, you got to pick one.
1: Oh, both, man.
0: No, no, you can't. You got to pick one. Ginger or Marianne? Marianne. Yeah, Marianne. Ginger would be too high maintenance, Wait. I think. Tootses, then Marianne. Oh, fair. Okay, that's fair. That's a very fair. fair yeah. How about you? Team Marianne. I think Ginger, or, or well, we should include uh, Team Ginger, Team Marianne, or Team Mrs. Howell because there are freaks out there. <laughs> so, whatever.
1: Yeah, when we were younger and everybody's sitting around watching that show, that was a big show at our house, by the way. When everybody would laugh and do stuff, when Ginger walked in, got quiet. Always got quiet when Ginger <laughs> was on the screen. Everybody was like, that, that's in the drew hall of fame for shows man
0: yeah when you came home from school you had like a bunch of shows from like 3 30 to 6 until the news came on or whatever and gilligan's island was one of those shows and and like gilligan's island was like the first show as a kid that i started not taking at face value i, I started asking questions like how can they be on a stranded deserted island and never get off how come their clothes never get beat up they're, they're like brand new clothes every week those are the first, that was the first show i started asking like why questions where i started kind of being not like this dumb little moronic kid all the time
1: like everyone else you were born
0: into bondage born into a prison that you cannot smell or taste or touch classic never, show though it's good good show our jersey tonight who do we got
1: tonight drew we got sir francis of bloomington the great fran target and the greatest player ever to play for this franchise certainly the greatest quarterback just turned 81 years young. Wow. We all remember what Fran meant to this team growing up, all the games he pulled out, the scrambling ability, which he put on the map. I have many great fond memories of Fran Tarkin on the playing field, pulling many games out.
0: How about you? Yeah. He, he was, like you said, best quarterback we ever had. Him, Chuck Foreman, that offense in the in the mid-1970s, at times it just felt unstoppable
1: was unstoppable.
0: I I mean, they just, until, you know, until whatever reason they got to the Super Bowl. But from that, all the way leading up to that game, Tarkington was a master of avoiding a rush. I think when he retired, he owned every significant NFL record in passing category. He did. I think he owned every single one. He did.
1: As a matter of fact, he's still 12th all time in total yardage, rushing and passing with 48,340. Wow. Uh, So he's still up there in that. But, yeah, but when he retired, he owned every passing record. He played 13 seasons as a Viking, 18 seasons overall, 33,000 yards as a Viking, 239 touchdown passes, rushed for 2,200 yards. Yeah, he
0: had all the records. Yeah, he he was just a a phenomenal. Nine pro bowlers. I I mean, he was like Dan Marino before Dan Marino.
1: He was, and a lot of people say that. You know, the thing about targeting was he never had the big arm. Mm -hmm. He wasn't very physical out there. But, you know, could barely see over the line. But he was the first guy of small stature to really make a superstar name for himself. Yeah. Drafted in 1961 in the third round.
0: Out of, Out of- Georgia.
1: Georgia. That's correct. And, you know, his scrambling and, and playmaking ability, his uh, sandlot approach to the game, uh, head coach Norm Van Brocklin, he didn't like it yet. Well, he did. He kind of put up with it to begin with because he knew his team was bad. He knew his offensive line was bad, so he kind of accepted it. But he didn't like it. So by the time 66 rolled around, five years into to Fran being our quarterback, Van Brownkin had just about enough of him. Let's get traded to the Giants in 67, came back in 72 to the Vikings after really good five years there. Made three Pro mm-hmm. Bowls, passed for a league leading 29 touchdowns, I think it was in 1969. Matter of fact, remember the nineteen sixty-nine Vikings with the dominant defense? Yes. They played, uh, well, they had 14-game regular season. I think they held the opposing team to single digits in like eight or nine of those games during the season. The most points they gave up? Giants. Opening day to Fran Tarkin and the Giants. They lost, really? to, gave up 24 points, lost 24 to 23. They lost the opening game that year, and they lost the last game of the regular season and finished 12 and two. But that, that was probably the Vikings' best defense was that season. I think Domin-
0: so, yeah.
1: Dominating, but, but Tarkin found a way to get it done against his old team. When he came back in 72... Grant knew, but Grant knew I had to get this guy back. So it really took off from there. And what can you say, Ted? Memorable game after memorable game after scramble after scramble after scramble. He's the scrambling, he's the guy that put it on the map, keeping the plays
0: yep. alive. I think it's fair to say that he revolutionized the position with his scrambling ability because quarterbacks didn't do that before they were very much the traditional and that was one of the reasons Van Brocklin didn't like him because Van Brocklin came from that school when he was playing for the Rams a drop back guy throw the ball in the pocket don't run around and try and make a play and that was you know that was Tarkenton's bread and butter.
1: Totally was totally was. And Van Brocklin wasn't around much longer after he got rid of Tarkin. And that was the weird thing. He was. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Tarkin got traded and then Van Brocklin got fired. Right. And then Bud Grant got hired in 67, but, but the trade had already happened. So that was, yeah, whatever.
1: The Vikings were so lucky to get Joe Cap in between that time Tarkin left and came back or they yeah. would have been piss poor at the quarterback position but
0: yeah because after they got rid of Cap in 71 and 72 quarterback play was terrible and those were probably 70 71 and 72 were probably the prime years of the Purple People Eaters and they didn't have, you know, had, had Tarkin been there who knows who Tarkin,
1: knows? he used to anger so many defensive players, dude. Deacon Jones. De- <laughs> <Deacon's-> <laughs> no, I'm going to cream
0: him. you. I'm <laughs> going to cream you if you run back over here. I'm going to cream you. Oh you cream. oh, you cream a multitude of people. Yep. And they never could. They hardly ever got to him. It was great. <laughs>
1: Except when Gary Burley got to him.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yep.
1: Hall of Fame, 1986, Fran Tarkenton.
0: One of the all-time greats. Now, Jersey, speaking of, of all-time greats in jerseys, well, maybe he's not an all-time great, but he, he just had a great season in 2020. Again, if you guys don't know, Drew and I are doing a live draft show on Thursday, April 29th, and we are giving away a Justin Jefferson jersey. Somewhere during the show, there's going to be a secret phrase. Either I'm going to say it or Drew's going to say it. We don't know what it is. That's decided by Toonses and our producer, uh, Elizabeth. Hi, Elizabeth. Just want to say hi to you, too. And During the show, you're going to see it's going to be Tarkington was a scrambler or whatever the phrase is. And in our YouTube comment section, all you have to write in the comment is what the secret phrase is and you are entered. You can only enter once per episode, but you can enter over multiple episodes. And we've probably got nine or ten shows left, so you can enter up to nine or ten more times. And then on draft night, it's just going to be a simple raffle, pull a name out of a hat, and that lucky winner is going to win a Justin Jefferson jersey. Did, Did I miss anything significant on
2: that?
1: Are you, do- are you doing a shot in draft night, every draft pick? Isn't that what you agreed to before we did the
0: contract for it? No. No, I did not. I don't do shots, brother.
2: It's not easy being drunk all the time.
0: I don't do shots anymore. <laughs> bad bad things happen. I'll get in a fight <laughs> with my iPhone. <laughs> you looking at me funny? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm I'm pretty happy drunk, but no. That's going to be a long night, man.
1: I love you, man. <laughs> get signed up for that Justin Jefferson jersey, folks.
0: I think we had, what was it, almost 20 people signed up the first week? Over the two episodes, people sign up or register multiple times. So, so get on it. But it's time to get to some Vikings news, I think. For those of you that don't know, we record on Monday, so obviously the Super Bowl is last night for us, and today, Monday morning, we heard officially that Clint Kubiak has been named the Vikings Offensive Coordinator. If you've seen the previous episodes, we pretty much thought that was going to be the case, especially Drew. Nailed it. Drew, what are your thoughts on Clint with the K Kubiak being the new Offensive Coordinator? I think it's
1: just a good hire for Zimmer more than it is anything else. I don't know. I don't know when they hired De Filippo back in 2018, what four days after those, he kicked our ass in that playoff mm-hmm. game for the season. You know I mm-hmm. He was a quarterback coach and the Vikings hired him to be the offensive coordinator, which is exactly what's happening here. So yeah. You could say on one hand, he doesn't learn his lesson. And on the other hand, he's just going to go for it again. But I think Zimmer feels most comfortable because he already knows that he's got a guy that's not going to argue with him. He's got a guy that's just going to call the game the way he wants it to be called. And quite frankly, I don't want that. I want a guy that's going to do things his own way and open it up a little. Maybe, maybe Kubiak will do that, but I would have to lean towards, no, he's just going to be a yes man.
0: Come on up, future yes man. There's two schools of thought on this for me. There's, well, Okay we've got continuity and it's the same offense and oh, that's all, that's all awesome and cool and great and whatever. But the second part of me is, is this what we want for continuity? Because here, here's the thing. They're still wanting to bring in an older, older offensive minded coach. And and I've heard the name Jay Gruden a couple of times and all that stuff. And, and people say, well, look, this is continuity and this was a top 10 offense and okay, great. But a lot of that was, was empty calories. And when it came, when it came right down to it, how many times last year when the Vikings offense, and I, and, and look, it doesn't all fall on the offense, but there were five specific times, I was looking at this today, that the Vikings offense could have won the game at the end, mm-hmm. and they couldn't do it. When they needed to make a drive, they only had to go 30 yards against Tennessee to get Dan Bailey in field goal range to kick a field goal to win. Couldn't do it. When they needed one yard on fourth and one against the, the Seahawks, couldn't do it. When they needed to make a drive against a bad Dallas team, couldn't do it when he needed to drive to beat the bears late in the season couldn't do it. So you're when they saying needed-
1: <laughs> your crunch time. There's no crunch
0: <laughs> when they, yeah. When they needed to finish drives against Tampa Bay and instead of settling for field goal attempts that looked like when the ball got kicked, it looked like a hurricane kicked it halfway into the freaking Gulf of Mexico. They couldn't get it done. I'm so sorry. I failed you. You trusted me. Is that what we want? No. And uh-huh. I,
1: all those times you just mentioned are the times that stick out most of my head. That's what I remember most is the missed opportunities. And, you know, uh, every time teams got to settle for a field goal, I always think of that. I'm kind of old school. I think of that as being a loss. I mean, yeah. Somebody showed me some numbers the other day. It said the Vikings actually passed 53% of the time, which was kind of shocking to me, but you know, if you watch the offense, there's it's really vanilla Ted to me. I mean, there's not, it's not creative at all. That's what I want. I don't know if he's, I don't yeah. know. I don't know how we're supposed to. It's another I don't know moment. If, yeah. maybe, if, maybe, I don't know, maybe, if.
0: And it's and it's fairly predictable. I mean, how many times last year were you watching second and short? They're running the ball. I don't think they passed on second and short one time last year. I think they ran on just about every second and long last year. I, think so too. I mean, and if chuckleheads like me sitting on my couch, drinking beer and eating Pringles can pretty much figure out what the offense is going to run. I-, I would think a high paid defensive coordinator would be able to have a better clue as to what is going to happen. And I-, I, I hope the Vikings get more creative. I-, I hope they become less predictable. We'll see.
1: It just feels like it's going to sit down and then Zimmer's going to look at Kubiak and go, all right, this is what I want you to do. Yada, 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 yada. Yes, sir. I'll do that. From now on, you will speak only when spoken to. And the first and last words out of your filthy sewers will be served.
0: I very much agree with you there. It's it's a, it's a young guy, probably thinks a lot like his dad, because again, Clint, son of Gary, former Vikings offensive coordinator, can't spell nepotism in Minnesota without Vikings assistant coaches. I don't know.
1: The last, Whatever. The last time we hired an OC that didn't have any OC experience, it lasted 14 weeks, and he got fired after the game in Seattle.
0: Well, Stefanski had not been an OC before, and he did, he did pretty good.
1: Yeah, that's true. He did do pretty good. I, I don't know. I guess we're going to play the I don't know card again. With this yeah,
0: one. one more. One more uncertainty. And, and and the season has been, you know, what is officially is less than 24 hours old. So or the offseason is less than 24 hours. The coaching carousel we talked about, Andrew Janaco moving from wide receivers coach to quarterback coach. That's a done deal. So it looks like the Vikings coaching staff for the most part is set. So, yay, I guess. <laughs> and And it's going to be. A lot of continuity. Give him a chance, but, I mean, just based on kind of how it's feeling so far, uh, I don't know.
1: Not it's... freaking Catalina
0: wine mixer. <laughs> <laughs> freaking Catalina wine mixer, man. It's Catalina freaking... wine mixer.
1: That was classic, dude.
0: All right. So, folks, we're going to talk about quarterback position as we start our offseason positional review and all that. Before we get there, we've got to talk about Kirk freaking Cousins. Here we go! We should just make it a weekly segment. It's the Kirk Cousins getting traded segment here on Vikings Report. And here we go. What is it now?
1: What are we doing now? We're trading him for a bunch of something else?
0: Well, here's the deal. So a few days ago, Darren Wolfson, affectionately known as Doogie within the local media uh, sphere and on Twitter, was on Score North, and, and it, it was a segment called Scoop with Doogie. And this was after we, you know, the, the, the Cousins is getting traded to San Francisco rumors blew up that we talked about last week. And then it kind of died down. Doogie said there are credible NFL people that I know who I texted with 24 hours ago that truly believe Kirk Cousins is going to end up with the San Francisco 49ers. Now, in this tweet, it was an embedded video segment as well. And in that video segment, Doogie also said, along with Kirk being traded to San Francisco, that so a lot of people thought that would mean the Vikings are going to make a run for Deshaun Watson. Well, okay, that kind of makes sense if that were to go down. But he also dropped this other bomb that said Deshaun Watson would not accept a trade to Minnesota if that were to happen. So if that were to go down, it would almost have to be through the draft. But then the very next day, because we're not done, because the Kirk Cousins carousel never stops here on Vikings Report, folks. That's right. The (laughs) the very next day, Mike Zimmer was interviewed by the NFL Network, and he said, Kirk's our guy. We have to get better on defense, and that's my job to get it fixed. So, Drew... Tell me about Kirk Cousins. Is he getting traded? Is he no. going to be with the 49ers next year? What's the deal?
1: Last episode you asked me, and I said he's going to be our starting quarterback week one, and I still believe that. At this point, I don't want to do anything with Deshaun Watson simply because if you watched that game yesterday, Pat Mahomes behind a suspect offensive line, even the great Patrick Mahomes was struggling. If you don't have yes. an offensive line, the Vikings don't have an offensive line. They get Deshaun Watson here. They're going to be seven and nine with Deshaun Watson. If you want to move forward. You want to get rid of Cousins and trade them for draft capital and draft assets so we can build up something? I'm for that. I'm just not about putting ourselves in a hole, getting rid of a bunch of draft picks for a guy. I don't want to do that. Let's move Cousins, go with the rookie, bite the bullet for a year, and use all that draft capital we got in a trade with San Francisco if we get some to try to build up the other positions on the team.
0: I'm with you. You know, last week I said I, I think Cousins is going to move with Zimmer coming out. I don't know. I, I just I went back and forth for a couple of days, and the more I thought about it, the more I, I still believe. And I've said this before that I think Cousins, Mike Zimmer, and Rick Spielman are are just sort of tied at the hip, and their fates are intertwined. And and if you're Mike Zimmer and you're Rick Spielman going into a season where you're both on the hot seat, unless you get assurances from the owner that you're not getting fired, they're they're not going to trade a good player. I, Kirk Cousins is a good player. They're not going to trade him the most important position on the team for draft picks and a chance to go draft an unproven rookie. They're, they're just, they're not. I mean, if Deshaun Watson is off the table and I wouldn't do that trade anyways, because like you said, Drew, they have too many holes they need to fill on the offensive line, on the defensive line, uh, in the secondary. I just don't see it. I, I think they're going with Kirk in 2021.
1: Using that same thought process you just had about being uncertain of their future, the head coach and the GM kind of plays into why I don't think they're going to spend the 14th pick on a quarterback. I don't.
0: No. I if you're don't trying to save are your either.
1: job. You're going to draft a guy that's going to stand on the sidelines. No, if you're trying to save your job, you're going to draft somebody who's going to play week one. I, I, I kind of, so I'm actually thinking they're going to trade back from that pick, but quarterback wise, Hmm. There's certainly a lot of options out there. I mean, look at all the free agent quarterbacks. There's a bunch of them on that list, too.
0: So that leads us to our first positional review. This week we're going to tackle the quarterback position. First off, we're going to we're going to answer a question from one of our viewers. Let's do it. Let's do it. Re- Reggie Adams. he actually has two questions that leads off into the segment. What's up, Drew and Ted? Or should I say Drew, the base ripper,
1: and Ted, Mr. Smitty Glover? When I say OH, you say Ugh, kills me to say that you all know I'm a Gophers fan, but it's you know your are brother from another mother Reggie Adams jr. Here Super Bowl Sunday. I got my boy behind the camera. Mr. Blake. He'll be coming up on your quarterback board real soon there, Drew But my question for you is I want you drew the draft master to touch on mr Sam Ellinger coming out of Texas. I want to know what you think about him and How comfortable are you guys moving forward with Kirk Cousins at quarterback, and who would you like to see us bring up if it's not somebody in the draft, maybe somebody through free agency? Skull Vikings.
0: So, two really good questions from Reggie, and we'll get to the Sam Ellinger stuff in a quick second, but we're going to talk about quarterbacks on the roster. We've talked about Kirk Cousins enough. We feel he's going to be the starter. For me, I'm looking at backups. Because Sean, Sean Mannion's an unrestricted free agent. First of all, do you want to see the legend of Sean Mannion return in purple and gold? Is
1: Sean Mannion just on the team because Cousins never gets hurt and it doesn't matter? Is that, I don't know. If the backup quarterback position doesn't matter because Cousins is never going to get hurt, I mean, durability, he's like the number one guy in the league. So I think so, yeah. If he's always going to play and the backup's never going to play, why not just have a scrub like Mannion? Yeah. And I'm I, not saying he's a scrub. I'm not mean that in a bad way, Sean. I just mean it.
0: You know what I mean?
1: Wonderful boy. Nice boy. He's a good boy. I'll tell you. Now I know why
0: tigers eat their young, you know? If Kirk Cousins got hurt and Sean Manion became our quarterback, season's over, brother. It's over.
1: That that being said, how much are you going to spend on the backup quarterback who's likely never going to play?
0: And that's a good point, because right now, the salary cap is $198 million. Adam Schefter tweeted out, I think yesterday or maybe the day before, that it looks like the salary cap is going to drop to about 180 or $181 million. Thought it could go down as low as 175 but I think people are starting to settle on that $180 million range. What does Mannion make? One, he made just over a million bucks last year, which, I mean, it's good money if you can get it. A million bucks, wear a baseball hat, hold a clipboard. <laughs> Can't, Call in some plays. Do some hand signals.
1: Can't we find a guy for four or $500 that's going to stand there and do
0: that? Bucks. I'd like
1: to get $600 for both. You know, I just hate to give people what they're asking. So why don't you let me give you $500? I will accept that.
0: No, but I'll tell you what. If you don't want to bring the excitement that Sean Mannion brings to the arena, <laughs> um, if you don't want to go there, and I can understand. We're, we're getting old. We got heart conditions. I get it. I get it. Oh,
1: yeah, 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 yeah. I get it, too. I get it,
0: too. There, there are some intriguing backup free agent options. Shoot. Shoot. Uh, shoot me some. Super Bowl champion, Blaine Gabbert, just won a ring with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers last <laughs> last night. <laughs> All right, Shane. Or Blaine. Yeah. Geno Smith and Colt McCoy are a couple other options, about yeah, that same price range. Blaine Gabbert, like, the eighth overall pick? <laughs> In, like, 2000. He got drafted the year Ponder did. He got picked ahead of Christian Ponder. God. <laughs> <laughs> my God! I mean, I, the talent is just flying off the page. I get it. Well, I got some for you too, Mike Glennon. Oh, jeez, that that dude's neck is longer than me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Napoleon Dynamite, the great yep. Mike Glennon. Jeez. Can you bring me my chapstick? No, Napoleon. But my lips hurt real bad. What about Matt Barkley? Christ's sake, I'd rather have Charles Barkley. <laughs> Matt Barkley.
0: <laughs> Terrible.
1: Andy Dalton. That seems like a guy the Vikings would, would pick up.
0: We both think Kirk Cousins is going to be back. But let's say let's say they trade him and they decide that they want to get a quarterback in the draft. There's a, there's a couple actually intriguing names. You're talking about the $3 million range, give okay. or take. There's Jameis Winston, who who signed for a million bucks for the Saints.
1: You're talking about, like, if they trade Cousins like a stopgap guy.
0: Yeah, like a one-year bridge guy th- to okay. play this year and then bring in the rookie next year or even transition to the rookie later this year. Proceed, Smitty. So Andy Dalton, the Red Rocket. The Red Rocket. The Red Rocket. Jameis Crablegs, Winston. <laughs> he played for a million bucks this year, but... It sounds like Drew Brees is going to retire, and the Saints are going to throw a lot of money his way, so I, I don't know that he's... Uh,
1: yeah, Winston's taking over for Brees, right? I, I, th-
0: I think so, yeah, but he is technically an unrestricted free agent. And, and, then, and then this is a name that makes me warm and tingly all over. I know what you're going to say. Magic. Ryan Fitzmagic!
2: Very good,
1: all right. <laughs> Imagine getting Fitzmagic over here, and we're sitting at 10-0. and 0. Uh, I, 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 yeah i'm speechless because i hope i would 100 want that to happen i like that dude i think that now what about that game he had this year when he came in for two yard tua and he, yeah. he like rallied the team and threw that long bomb when he got his head pulled back and totally rallied the team to victory that guy's a winner
0: look like the eighth, eighth air force over europe in world war ii dropping bomb after bomb, <laughs> after, bomb after bomb it was great <laughs> It was Fantastic. a
1: great game. It was a great comeback win. I like that dude. Yeah. Is he not, he's done with Miami then? He's done with the Dolphins? He's a free
0: agent. I unrestricted free agent. He's 38, 39, might retire. Um, don't retire the beard. The beard is epic. I love it. But, yeah, so everybody talks about, well, what about Dak Prescott? He's an unrestricted free agent. I just don't think with the money Dak Prescott's going to be asking, the Vikings can can afford him. I mean, they're just not going to have the cap room for him. So,
1: Plus, if you're, if you're bringing in a quote-unquote stopgap guy, you want somebody that can teach, yeah. Who's all who's as much of a coach as he is a player, yeah. That's that's important for teaching the next guy. And I heard that Fitz is a hell of a hell of a teacher. Not the Dak isn't, but we're not getting Dak Prescott. No, no.
0: But he was name that's out there, and I I'm, I'm sure people are going to ask about him. But if if you're going to try and get Dak Prescott, you might as well keep Kirk Cousins because that's just more money you'd have to take and dead money for Cousins, and I don't even want to get into that garbage. So what about Joe, Joe <laughs> Flacco Stein? Joe Flacco. Elite. He's elite. Jesus, man. (laughs) But that pretty much about does it for our rostered quarterbacks and our free agent. Now, however, I want to get into the main reason we're doing these segments. And that is the uh, Drew Bunting draft board for 2021. And with quarterbacks, we're throwing it up on the board here. Drew has 15 names up there, as you can see. And he's got, let's see, one, two, three, four solid first-round guys, one guy that could be a first or second-round guy, and then a a second and third-round guy. So, Drew, take it away. Let's talk about the top names that you have on your board to begin with. It's really a split
1: between two groups this year, Ted. The first six, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, Mac Jones, and Kyle Trask. Those are probably the, the first six clearly that are going to go. I don't see anybody sneaking up and moving in ahead of those guys.
0: Do you see those guys going in that order, getting drafted in the order that you have them on your one through six and your board?
1: This is kind of how I see them getting drafted. I know they've shuffled around a lot. The other day I saw a mock draft with Justin Fields falling to number seven to the lions. I don't see how that would happen. I don't, It's always been a one, two between him Lawrence and him for the first two spots. Okay. I I do think Zach Wilson has a little bit of an edge on Trey Lance simply because he's closer to being ready to play. Uh, Lance only played one game because of the COVID. I mean, you have to go back to 2019 to look at, I mean, 28 touchdowns and zero interceptions. Trey Lance is a very good quarterback, but the fact that he hasn't played a couple of years, that's why I gave Zach Wilson the edge over here. I mean, I think he's a little bit more polished than he is, but. Okay. That, that is how I see him getting drafted. I think Mac Jones has moved up quite a bit recently, of course, with his big win at the end of the season that we're not talking about.
0: I don't know what you're talking about. And then, <laughs> what big win?
1: So it's kind of like those six, and then it's the following nine. Between those last nine, Ted, they could go anywhere mid-round all the way to the seventh round.
0: Now, let's not forget Reggie's question. He asked you specifically about Sam Ellinger, the Texas quarterback. What are your, what are your thoughts on him?
1: Well, I have him just on the outskirts of the, uh, the so-called elite, the top six. He is the guy, matter of fact, one of the guys I'm going to go over a little bit later, Shane Bouchelle. Shane Bouchel got ran out of town at Texas because of Sam Ellinger, who became oh. the starter at Texas. He's a total gamer. He's got a lot of confidence. He's a gunslinger type. I could see why Reggie likes it. I talked to Reggie before about it. He is the guy. He's got below arm strength, and he buys a lot of that arm strength time because he's in college and the windows are open and everybody's playing zone defense so you can get away with it. Mm-hmm. where sam's really going to struggle i think at the next level is those windows are a lot tighter in the nfl plus texas kind of built that offense around his running ability not just scrambling keeping plays alive which he's very good at but they built plays in for him to run they had him running eight ten times a game in planned run plays okay and he likes to run he loves to run he's very physical he's like Taysom hill type of guy and I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't work out at quarterback at the next level. I, I could call it right now. That guy's going to play somewhere in the NFL, maybe under a different position, maybe a safety. Really? Because he's got he's a great football player. He's very athletic. I just don't know if he's going to make it at the next level as a quarterback. He loves to run the football, but NFL teams aren't going to schedule runs for a quarterback on purpose.
0: Since you mentioned Justin Fields dropping to seventh in a mock draft that you saw, let's say a guy like Fields or Wilson or Trey Lance. I think all, we all agree Trevor Lawrence is probably going first to Jacksonville.
1: That's a done deal, Ted. Over. Okay.
0: Let, let's just say, hypothetically, one of those guys, Fields, Wilson, or Lance, is sitting there at 10 or eleven. Is one of those guys, if you're the Vikings sitting at 14 and they decide, you know, and and even if they keep Kirk Cousins, he's going to be, what, 32 or 33. So they've got to kind of think long term for the position anyways. Would one of those guys be worth moving up two or three spots to go get? I think so. But then again, we're coming from the standpoint of, of Zimmer, who
1: doesn't know if he's going to be here after this season. So if you're asking me from a team standpoint, I think it would be if they get to 11 or 12, right around there, you, you know, when you really have to jump a couple spots to grab them. Mm-hmm. I would probably do that. But I don't know if Zimmer and Spielman are wanting, you know.
0: If I'm Rick Spielman, if I put myself in Rick Spielman's shoes, I am not making a trade to make the next guy's job easier. That's why I don't think they're going to do it because what's the point if if i now now as a fan of the vikings yeah i absolutely want to see that but as a guy in that seat employed if i don't hit this draft i'm getting fired i don't i don't care what i leave for the next guy i want as much talent to go as far as i can so i don't get canned
1: if Zach Wilson fell to 12, I'd be on the phone calling somebody because I really believe in that guy. I think he's really? good. Yeah, I think he's good. He may not be able to start right away, but if you watch him play, the guys that seem very confident and have really good pocket presence and keep their eyes downfield when the play goes to shit, that's a big mm-hmm. thing. That's a couple of guys I'm going to have on my list here in a minute. There, there's playmaker ability, and then there's playmakers who actually can get it done.
0: And you think Zach Wilson's that guy that can get it done?
1: I think he is. I think he still has to be coached up a lot, but his, dude, his footwork is
0: perfect. Let's say hypothetically in the mid rounds, you've got, you've got a bunch of names, Jamie Newman, Callan Mon, KJ Costello, Brady White, Felipe, Franks, Ian Book and Peyton Ramsey. Talk about those guys, a couple of those guys. And are any one of those dudes, a guy you think the Vikings might target or be interested in, in the middle to later rounds
1: out of the list you just read off. I have three, three of those guys that I like. And if you don't have to spend a high pick on them, I think it's worth, I mean, if you're going to take a flyer on Nate Stanley, come on, if you could take a flyer on these guys, <laughs> <laughs> Shane Bouchelle played for SMU. Like I said, he played behind Ellinger. When he found out Ellinger was going to be the quarterback at Texas, he bailed and transferred to SMU. It was actually three really good quarterbacks at Texas. He was never going to play there. Really good accuracy. I like how he can adjust. He doesn't have a huge arm, but his dad played third base for the Pirates. So 23 touchdowns, six picks, 3,100 yards, had a high completion percentage. As a mid to late round guy, I really like him. Shane okay. Bouchel. Another guy I like is KJ Costello, also a transfer. If you remember, he started with Stanford, transferred out of that program. Very calm and poised in the pocket. There's a thing I like about Costello. The problem with this guy is, dude, he makes some serious bonehead crappy decisions. Some Does really- he really? Well, yeah, K.J. Costello is your biggest gunslinger on this whole list of 15 by far. But he's also probably has the highest ceiling of all these guys. Really? Really bad bonehead decisions. But you remember Mike Leach? Remember the guy with the air raid offense with with Gardner Minshew at Washington State? Mm -hmm. When Leach Leach went to Mississippi State to be the head coach, he called K.J. Costello. He thought, this is a guy that can run my offense, which is pretty high praise. Costello came over. First game he played for Mike Leach, 623 yards passing in one game.
0: That was that was the opener against LSU, wasn't it? Where they just humbled yes, LSU.
1: Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Six hundred and twenty-three yards. He only played six games. He got a concussion in late October, and then with the you know with everything going on this season, with everybody opting out, he just called it called it a season. But you get the really good, or you get the really bad with Costello. I think there's a lot to work with there if somebody can coach him up and get him to slow down on the gunslinger stuff. But uh,
0: so you see him as the ultimate high risk, high reward guy out of this group
1: i do but you mentioned that lsu game the next game he came back he had like three picks in the first quarter just stunk it up so i don't there's a lot of inconsistency there but there's something to work with and with a name like costello we could do the abbott costello thing on the show so i think that would be worth it if we drafted him
0: elvis costello elvis has left the building oh there's oh there are a lot of jokes for this guy's name we can
1: do a lot with elvis costello could certainly we can certainly play that forward The last guy I got on my list is probably the biggest reach of all, but he's got a lot of skill, Ted. His name is Brady White. He plays for the University of Memphis, 41 games, pretty experienced, number one quarterback in the American conference in both completions and attempts and career touchdowns, 92 career touchdowns, throwing another eight on the ground, gives him a hundred.
0: Okay. Hold on real quick. The number one quarterback in the American conference is like saying you're the number one eligible bachelor (laughs) in the nursing home. Come on. Casual sex between residents is actually very common in nursing homes. It's, it's really not that big a deal. It's <laughs> the American Conference. <laughs> That's totally true. Jeez. I'm the number one quarterback in the American Conference. I'd be the fifth-rated quarterback in the American Conference. My God.
1: It'd be like you and I bragging of winning a two-on-two <laughs> <laughs> basketball tournament against fourth-grade Irish girls. That's right. <laughs> number one in the American Conference. <laughs> <laughs> Number one attempts, 11,000 yards, has a good bloodline, let's get in the pocket, can see how low, like to pass. go. Okay, I like Brady White. Six three two ten. stand in the pocket. Look at these highlights I'm going to show you right here, Ted. Okay. I want you to watch them, too. Watch them very clearly. If you notice on these highlights, on both these plays, he keeps his eyes downfield under pressure. Yeah. I, that is huge at the next level. Huge, as Al Michaels would say.
0: And Rob Jackson, who had a huge interception. Is that something you can teach a guy to do at the next no, level? No, if, no, if, no. If, they ha- if they don't do it in college, can, they, can you teach them to do it in the NFL?
1: No, I don't think you can. I think that's one of the things, along with accuracy. If you're not accurate in college, most windows,
0: Yeah, they, they shrink. See,
1: I gave you a sound yeah. effect, even. That was good. <laughs> they shrink up in college everybody's playing zone you have 12 seconds to pass that's yeah. you know, easier the it factor we always talk about that's going to be that's big with these quarterbacks now the russell wilson the scrambling around being able to make plays out of the pocket and brady white certainly didn't play at a top competition level maybe as a justin fields or a trevor lawrence but when you watch him play he can get it done he can get it i'd like I'm, I'm really interested to track him no matter where he goes to see where how he develops on an nfl
0: team so why do you have him so far down then? Is it just because of the level of competition in the school he played at?
1: Yes. And the guys above him are pretty much, I mean, Kellen Mond. I wasn't a big Mond fan until this, uh Reese's senior bowl where he really shredded. He had, so he helped himself out a lot. So we have Bouchelle, KJ Abbott-Costello. And Brady White are three of some other guys I got on this list of 15, but that's pretty much how it breaks down. We got the top six. Now we got the rest of them. We'll see if the Vikings maybe take a fifth, sixth round flyer on one of these guys. And, you know.
0: So you don't don't see Urban Meyer drafting Justin Fields over Trevor Lawrence?
1: Not if he wants to keep his job.
0: Yeah, I don't, I, see, I don't think he will either. I, Urban Meyer is a very loyal guy to his players. I mean, he loves JT Barrett, but a lot of people don't know that when Urban Meyer left, when he left, Dwayne Haskins was his quarterback. So it was actually Ryan Day that brought Justin Fields in on the, through the transfer portal and all that. So I'm sure Meyer is very well in tuned with his capability and, and what his talent is, but I think he's going to go with Trevor Lawrence.
1: How do you not take Trevor Lawrence just for the fact of if he turns into a Mahomes? You have to sit there and watch him and go, I could have had that dude playing for me.
0: So, any uh any last bit of info for our our look at the quarterback position this week for the Vikings?
1: Uh, I think that's pretty much it. We covered the free agents, the current roster. We talked a little about about the great Sean Mannion. I see the Vikings more taking a late round flyer and hoping to hit a diamond in the a, a diamond in the rough more than I do see them taking a quarterback really high. I don't know what's going to shake out. The Vikings could surprise us all and take one of these guys drops and we take them. And then who knows? But That would have to be a big surprise on my part.
0: After the last few days, I personally think it's just going to be Kirk Cousins. I think they're going to sign a backup like Mannion if they don't, if they just don't even bring Mannion back, which I kind of lean in that they will. I'd like for them to get a more talented guy's backup because the one thing about Kirk Cousins we can all agree on is he is a durable guy. He answers the bell every week. But if for some reason he were to get hurt, whatever chances this team had would be completely shot there's if you got to give the ball to Sean Mannion.
1: There's only two guys on this list, Ted, that are going to start day one, and that's Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields. That's my that's my take. Take it for what it's worth. All the rest of them are going to need time.
0: Yeah, I, you're probably right. But I, I could I'd see agree. Fields
1: starting week one, and, you know, Lawrence could have started last year week one.
0: We think so. Wow. Th- that much better? That g- generational talent type guy?
1: Just got the natural ability. And he's Jeff Spicoli. I mean, would you ever doubt Jeff Spicoli?
0: <laughs> All I need are some tasty waves, cool buzz, and I'm fine.
1: Dad's got the killer set. Of, his dad's a TV repairman. He's got the
0: killer set of tools. That does it for quarterbacks. We're on to running backs. Next week, yes. Next week we'll be running backs. Wait, uh, say it like
1: Bill Belichick.
0: We're on to running backs. 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 We're on to Cincinnati
1: what do you think having a
0: 37 year old on to cincinnati we've talked about that we, we've talked about that we're on to running backs I, I already answered that we're on to running backs <laughs> but for right now we're on to commercial and then we're on to trivia we've already talked about that
1: love commercial time we'll be right back this is where i get to zoom in my face
0: this is evil knievel and the evil knievel shock absorbing stunt cycle you can make them do wheelies, backstands, even mid-air somersaults. And for that big jump, here's Evil. Up and over that four-foot ditch. Evil Knievel sold separately or with the Evil Knievel stunt cycle from Ideal.
2: How do you handle a hungry man? He's working up an appetite a manhandler can handle. Looks like my boy's grown up.
0: He's ready for Campbell's manhandlers, like beef soup, juicy beef, and sun-ripened vegetables. A big-tasting soup, a man-sized part of a man's
2: meal. The manhandlers. The manhandlers. Mmm, good. All right, welcome to Tootsies Trivia. Hello, Tootses. Hello, Tootses. Hello. Today we will be playing the match game. I have pulled eight gallhorn members who gave me awesome responses. So I want to say thank you very much to Mary Fisk, Kyle Don, Tony Bell, Tony Gennetto, Reggie Adams, Nikki Hansen, Pig, and Ryan Johnson. Thank you very much. Thanks, guys. Okay, so here's how we play. I'm going to read a sentence with something missing, and you need to fill in the blank. You'll get one point for every answer you match with our panel of Viking fans, plus I also added my answer. So you have a potential nine matches to make. All right, Drew, you're going to go first. Meow, meow. Here we go. If we didn't have Kirk Cousins as our quarterback, I wouldn't mind getting Kirk blank.
1: Kirk Hammett from ACD. <laughs> one hour later. You know who I'm talking about. Kirk Hammett, Metallica.
2: Alright, Drew, you get one point. One person matched you. One? One person.
1: I thought there was more rockers in that bunch than that. Okay.
0: Now do I get to answer the question? Right. Or I go to the do I go to the next question? Next question.
2: If you want to for fun, that's What'd fine.
0: You say? Kirk Gibson.
2: That would have gotten you two points. Oh, okay. Uh, Okay, other acceptable answers would have been Kirk Gibson, Kirk Cameron, Kirk Brent, Kirk Daddy, whoever that is, Kirk Douglas, and Kirk Brothers. All right, Ted. Rick Spielman's nickname shouldn't be Slick Rick. It should be blank Rick.
0: Trader Rick. That's good, dude.
2: That actually gets you one point. Yes. There you go, Other acceptable answers were tricky, Rick. Seventh round, Rick. Prick, <laughs> <laughs> Rick. dipstick Rick. Quick, Rick, Rick, Rick. And late round pick, Rick.
1: So we're tied one to one. One to one. All right, Drew. Yes.
2: The first word that comes to my mind when I think of Randy Moss is blank. Freak. That gets you two points. Other acceptable answers would have been great or greatness, football god, talented, electric, superstar, and goat.
1: So three to one. Three to one. Ted, I got a question. What? Do you really think you have a chance against me, Mr. Cowboy?
0: We'll see. Ho, 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 now I've got a machine gun. (laughs) Let's do it.
2: Okay, Ted. Yes. Mike Tice coined the phrase Randy Ratio. I think the phrase should have been blank ratio.
0: Oh, God. Um,
2: Yeah, this one's kind of hard, actually.
0: That's what she said. I'm going to (laughs) say I'm going to go touchdown ratio.
2: I'm so sorry, but nobody answered that. Yeah. Now that was a tough one. We actually got nine different answers on that one. Wow. The acceptable answers would have been dandy ratio, no secrets ratio, receiver ratio, useless ratio, which is my favorite, brandy ratio, regrettable ratio, the freak ratio, candy randy ratio, and ridiculous ratio.
0: Wow.
1: What a, it's the most ratios I've ever heard read in order. All right, Drew. Yes.
2: If I could give Blair Walsh a nickname, it would be Blank.
1: Shank. Any matches?
2: Wow, I'm so surprised nobody said that. No, actually, no matches. Oh. What about what about Blair Walsh Project? Close. Blair Glitch Project was one of them. <laughs> Nightmare, Dream Killer, Left Hook Walsh, Wide Left Walsh, and Lefty. Alright, Ted.
1: Dun, 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 dun.
2: Stephon Dick's famous catch in 2017 is called the Minneapolis Miracle. I think it should be called the Minneapolis blank.
0: Minneapolis yeah. bank shot.
2: I feel so bad, Ted. You got two really tough ones.
0: <laughs> yeah, these are really tough.
2: Yeah, sorry about that. So, two people said, Suck it, Peyton. <laughs> <laughs> and the others. Oh were Minneapolis Magic, Shocker, Mayhem, Marvel, Heart Attack, Revenge for the Bounty, and Ain't Pressure. So it's still three to one. Drew, when Brad Childress was fired, the emotion I felt could be described as blank.
1: Orgasmic.
2: <clears throat> no freaking way. You got a match, baby.
1: I got a match? <laughs> <laughs> a lot of stuff I think of as orgasmic. That's cool.
2: Yeah. Nikki Hansen. Thank you, Nikki. Thank you,
1: Nikki Hansen. I got a match. Gives me four.
2: Other answers were relief, euphoric, elated, happy as hell, and a huge mistake that had been fixed.
0: <laughs> I'm going to get like some friggin' trigonometry question for this one.
2: Head for the win or lose. You're going to like it. All right. If I could put one Vikings player in the Hall of Fame right now, it would be blank. Jim Marshall.
1: Oh, I'm oh I'm toast.
2: You're toast. toast. That was you matched five people on that one. Yes.
1: <laughs> I feel like Clint with a K.
0: This is what happens when you go up against a little thunder and a little lightning. Yeah! <laughs> you matched them all, bro. Oh.
2: No, actually, other answers were Ed White and Chuck Foreman. So, but Jim Marshall was.
1: Yeah, well done. Ted second is Ted, Six.
2: Yeah, six to four. Sorry, Drew.
1: I guess you do have a chance against me, Mr. Cowboy. <laughs> ho, ho, ho. I can't be doing anything. Man, I got to sing this <laughs> song.
2: Thanks, guys. We'll see you next week.
0: Thanks, Tootsis. Thank you. Thank you, Tootsis. Another good job. All right. Uh, so that does it for trivia. We are down to one final segment. And this, this one is going to kind of warm my heart. As you'll notice, Ohio State just beat Michigan in the trivia game. And long ago, when we first started this show, we decided we were going to do playoff picks. Well, we, And we had a friendly wager. It turns out, Drew claims I won. I, we both picked Kansas City to win the Super Bowl. We were tied going to the Super Bowl pick, but we, our tiebreaker was points, and I was closer in total points than Drew was. So we ended up with the same record, but that means the loser, it is time for the loser to pay up on their bet. And we agreed that the loser would have to sing the winner's school fight song. Now, me being an Ohio State fan and Drew being a Michigan fan, this brings me great pleasure. <laughs> Things, that which brings me joy. So, Drew, if you would give us the stanza of the Buckeye Battle Cry, I will do go. it. I am really into it. <laughs> Not
1: to <sing. laughs> Hold on. Drive, drive on down the field, man of the scarlet and gray. Don't. I screwed it up. I got to start over. Hold on. oh! <laughs> Shut up. I'm going to get it over. Drive on down the field, man of the scarlet and gray. Don't let them through the line. We've gotta win this game today. Go! On. Ohio! Go through the victory, we'll cheer you as you go. Something defend. We fight to <laughs> the end for
2: Ohio. Come to Ohio
0: again. better.
2: Hey, Ooh. hey! Cut that part. You're done. I can't hear you anymore. You're done. It's over. <laughs> I can't hear anything that you're saying. Blah <laughs> blah <laughs> blah.
0: <laughs> well done, Drew Bunning. Well done. How'd that sound? You did it. And you did yeah. it with enthusiasms.
1: See. Enthusiasms. Enthusiasms.
0: Well done, Drew. And and uh, you're a gentleman and scholar for, for living up to uh, paying off your debt.
1: My life's over, but yeah, we'll go with that. <laughs> Are you excommunicated from
0: your family for singing the Buckeye Battle Cry?
1: And from the Michigan family. And oh. from Bo Schenbacher, probably standing outside right now, wanting to have a word with me. bless to the victory. I can't stand this fucking song.
2: We'll defend you, yeah, 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 for Michigan.
0: You did all right, man. Thanks, I appreciate you doing it. That was good.
2: We, we went
1: all the way down to the last game on our bets, dude. One month. It took. Us- I know. I know. I want another bet i want to hear you sing the michigan song next year we'll have to re-bet it all over again
0: yeah come up with something I'll, we'll do it <laughs>
1: <laughs> i can't believe i just sang that jeffrey can you believe that
0: all right can you believe uh, that? i th- i think that's it man i think we're done once again thank you uh tunes for the great trivia thank you uh liz for the phenomenal production and editing you do it's it's the Fick and catalina wine mixer thing you did was uh, absolutely hysterical i i laughed my sides hurt so bad i was laughing so hard i watched that
1: over and over again that was the best part of the
0: show thanks everybody for watching we are over a thousand subscribers uh which i i'm absolutely astounded by so thank you for for everybody that's watching drew uh take us home
1: thank you for the trivia tootses elizabeth thank you for piecing all this together Thank you, thank you, thank you for everybody, for all the subscribers and everybody who's watching our show. We're going to try to do better the next time. This show's for you, it's for the people. I'll see you, cats on the flip flop. Say later, Jeffrey.
0: Ow! <laughs> Say goodnight, Ted. Good night, Ted. Wow, oh, that really hurt. <laughs>